I love it that you're here. My name's David Vaughn. If you're here in person watching online, this guy's name is John Tizovich. Ah. Some people call him John T. Some people JT. Some on staff call him Tizzy. I just call him friend. Hey. I know. He went that to wasn't the, even in the notes It wasn't. He went to the heart hey, streets. Right there. I'm wow. in a heart mood, man, after that baptism. Yeah. Like, come on now, Brooke. Come on, That's Brooke. a big deal. Hmm. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Today is less of a sermon, although you're going to get a little preaching from John and I, less of a sermon and more of a conversation. Uh, maybe like a fireside chat without the fire, although... Can I get we, a fire? Yeah, we got fire inside Ooh, ready to come out, man. Just I'm just telling you. just all sorts of one-liners. What we really... Thank you. <laughs> We're going to be here a long time. Anyway... <laughs> John and I kind of cheer each other on. I think we, this is working pretty good, yeah. you because know, I think of stuff that I probably shouldn't think of. But I, anyway. I told your wife it was like Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, so. That, that may I, be true. <laughs> I don't know if I'm Dean or Jerry, but uh, a little bit you're, of both. You're the good looking one. I'm, that's, I'm, all I, yeah. that's all you need to know. But I, 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 we just want to have a, just a candid conversation about this last year, 2020, and all the things that maybe happened, and then talk about what we plan to do what we think God wants to do through us and individually and collectively in 2021 because he's not done amen he's not done and uh, so I thought I would begin appropriately with a COVID New Year's poem that someone wrote and I vaughnized just a little bit but anyway here you go I think it was appropriate "'Twas the month of Christmas and all through the town people wore masks that covered their frown the frown had begun way back in the spring when a global pandemic changed everything. They called it Corona, but unlike the beer, it didn't bring good times, it didn't bring cheer. <laughs> As the entire world entered lockdown to flatten the curve, the economy halted and folks lost their nerve. From March to July, we rode the first wave. People stayed home, they tried to behave, most of us. When summer emerged, the lockdown was lifted, but away from caution, many folks drifted. Now it's January and cases are spiking. Wave two has arrived, much to our disliking. It's true that this year has had sadness aplenty, but we'll never forget the year 2020. But Christmas was not canceled and neither is hope. Because hey. it's the best dope. <laughs> That's not in a poem. Christmas was not canceled and neither is hope. If we lean on God and each other, I know we can cope. There you go. New Year's poem. Look, 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 look. What? Oh, look at that. We got the fire behind <laughs> us. Fire, look. You know, they didn't have that first service. And I hey, you feel keep what, your yeah, job. I like that. You, <laughs> you know, our, our staff are earning that Christmas bonus this Yo, year. You know, they, they, that they didn't did. happen last I, service. I know it. I like that. Well, you know what? There's always something going on around here, and 2020 was no uh, exception to that. Oh I, I can't gosh. tell you how glad I am to move past 2020. It, it, in fact, the words oh. come to mind as we stand here right now. There's a fascinating and obscure line of Scripture that I'm reminded of this time of year, right here, beginning of one year, end of another, it was a line given in the Gospels by a guy named Pontius Pilate. Pilate was the guy that judged and sentenced Jesus to be crucified on the cross. And boy, th there's an interesting story. don't have time to unpack it all from John 19. But 
it, it regards the sign that was affixed over Jesus' cross that Pilate had placed on there. Some of you who are Bible scholars, I know you'll get this, but when Jesus died, they put Pilate had a sign commission that put over the cross of Jesus, and it said, Jesus of Nazareth, anybody know? King of the Jews. Oh, we got some smart so people smart. in here. Oh, man, Bible Bowl people. King wow. of the Jews. You say Bible Bowl. Bible Bowl. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what Bible God, Bowl is? I do, unfortunately. We're going to have to, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that later. Anyway, King of the Jews. Now, the, this upset the scribes and the Pharisees. They didn't like Pilate put that on there. So they went back to Pilate and lobbied a complaint. They said, don't put he was the king of the Jews. Put that he claimed to be king of the Jews. And then Pilate had this classic seven-word sentence that I just love. Here's what Pilate said to them. What I have written, I have written. What I have written, I have. whatever happened in 2020 with you personally, collectively, what we have written, we have written. This is the way. This, th- th- it's, it's past. What I've written, I've written. In fact, we wrote, or worse yet, allowed others to write things over our head and hold them over our head in 2020. Some of us were over our head for a lot of reasons, but a lot of things that people wrote about us, about you, about me, about the church, much of it was not positive. For instance, why do you allow people to write things above your life, over your head that are not true? Like, who told you you were hopeless? You're not. Who told you you were broke? Who told you you were scared or anxious? Listen, whatever name 2020 has placed over your head right now, it doesn't have to define you. We just sung about that. Things that rattled your cage in 2020, (laughs) you know, just because you're rattled doesn't mean you're defeated. As I would say, bad setbacks Make for bold comebacks. All right now, Pastor. Just ask the Browns. Hey. Uh, I know you're praying about that. Thank God somebody can cheer for football somewhere. (laughs) But I ran across a story that so illustrated in one simple true story what happened to all of us in 2020, and it involved a parakeet. His name was Chippy. Chippy. 2020 made a lot of us feel, even here, John and I, Kind of felt like Chippy. Have you ever heard the story of Chippy the parakeet? One second he was peacefully perched in his cage. The next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The article said Chippy's problems began when his owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose, stuck it in the cage. The phone rang, and when she turned to pick it up, she barely said hello when whoosh! Chippy disappeared. (laughs) Sound effects even. Yeah, there you go. The bird owner, it says gas, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum, opened the bag. There was Chippy, still alive, but stunned. (laughs) And since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed him, raced to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, and held Chippy under the cold running water. Waterboarding. Waterboarding. (laughs) That wasn't in our notes either. Then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer, blasted the pet with hot air. Poor Chippy. He never knew what hit him. Here's my favorite line. A few days after the, after the trauma and the drama, the reporter who broke the Chippy story 
That's funny to me. The reporter who broke the Chippy story contacted Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. (laughs) He just sort of sits and stares. (laughs) That's what 2020 felt like to me. How about you, John? Right. Any of you? I saw you clapping. Some of you feel that same way, don't you? You just rocking in a corner. Eyes glazed over, when's it going to stop, when's it going to end, right? 2020 has dealt us a lot for all of us, but hey, let me, let, let me this is where the preaching is going to start when David talks again. Um, <laughs> we were not meant to be a people to sit, stare, sit and soak, sit and rock in a corner. Amen. 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 Thank you. One person who just felt it. So, yeah, thank you. The, the others are still sitting and, they're sitting and rocking. They're just staring, aren't they? It's still 2020. Got a twitch. Got a twitch. <laughs> we were not meant for that. Listen, the church, capital C Church, the church throughout history has been persecuted, has been through it, okay? But nothing will ever stop the church from moving forward. Amen. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. 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 Nothing has ever or will ever stop the church from moving forward. And we are a part of that here at Whitewater. That's part of our mission as we go into 2021 to put that over our head. Hmm. Say we won't stop. Can't stop. Hmm. Hmm. We will not stop. We will not stop moving forward the mission of God. Uh, in Matthew 16, Jesus, he's talking about this guy named Peter. Some of you real smart people, Bible bull. Bible what, what did you say, Bible bull? Did you say Bible bull? I did. did you, yeah, there's some of that in there too, but Bible bull. <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> Let's save that for next year. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in 2022. Bible bull, B-O-W-L, scholars would know that Jesus in Matthew 16 is talking about this guy named Peter. And Peter was a bonehead. Mm, mm. I don't, some of you are like, y'all, you're so irreverent. No, it's true. If you know your Bible, he, he, he was full of passion, but he was full of lots of other things too. Mm. And I think Jesus loved that about him, right? Mm. But he, he, he made some choices that weren't the best. He, he dropped a few balls. He, he got knocked down. And even though all that's true, and Jesus knew that about him, this is what he said. He said, you, Peter, said, now I say that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this misfit, I'm going to do great things. And some of y'all need to claim that. There isn't anything that you have done that that is going to disqualify you from God saying, hey, I I got you, I see you, and I'm I'm still going to use you. You're not done yet. He says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Peter got knocked down, but he wasn't out, right? And some of you need to hear that. You, 2020 may have knocked you down, but you're not out. Listen, here's the deal, and, and I know you know this. Our knockdowns do not define us. Our resolve to get back up does. The, the favorite, my favorite theologian, I know yours too, Rocky Balboa, he said it this way in the Gospel of Balboa. He said, it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. 
He's good, bro. I heard my wife all the way back Adrian. there. She said, amen. Yes, Adrian said. out there. Yeah. And keep moving forward. COVID has hit a lot of stuff. Just call it out. It's fine. It's hit a lot of things in our lives. It's changed a lot of things in our lives. But for Whitewater, some things will not change. And they have not changed. What won't change as we move forward? The mission of Jesus and his bride, the church, hasn't changed. Our core values haven't changed. To glorify God, obey the Bible, love people, and follow Jesus. Glorify G. Obey O. I like where you're going. Love L. L. Follow F. Who came up with this? I helped shape that with some golfer friends. (laughs) With the elders. Like, golf, it's easy to remember, isn't it? Glorify God, obey the Bible, love people, follow. Golf. Everything good happens from God. Oh, my goodness. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. The local cultural context hasn't changed, right? What do you mean by that, John? I'm glad you asked. Lost people are still lost. Hurt people are still hurting, especially now maybe more than ever. They're still hurting lost people, right, in our context, in our communities. Hear this. The gifting and calling on your life hasn't changed. I I told my son sometimes, just because there's a green light doesn't mean it's your time to go. You know what I mean? Think about it. If you just went whenever there's a green light with lots of accidents, just because there's a pause or a slowdown or an interruption has not changed the calling and gifting on your life. The basic human desire for hope hasn't changed. People are still desperate for hope. We will be the hope bearers in 2021. And our most important spiritual realities have not changed. God's promises have not changed. God's love hasn't diminished. His grace is still greater than any of our disgrace. And heaven is still our reward, praise God. See, so let's get back in touch with the things that aren't going to change, that are going to outlast any crisis or pandemic. Our faith, our values, love the things that will still, we can still hang our hats on regardless of what we face or have faced. Listen, um, I'm going to say this in front of my wife. You know how on your phone you get that uh, Apple users? That it's, it's, it's the tr- truly the, the fruit of the spirit is the Apple phone. So just, just Android users, sorry. On the Apple, it tells you every week, like, what your productivity was, like, how often you were on your phone, right? I was down 17% this week, okay? Wow. Yeah, I know, right? That's a miracle. I wonder why you didn't text me back. I know. Well, it took a while. I was off. (laughs) Listen, we need to get off the phone in 2021, okay? We need to get off the phone. Because so much of our our energy and our hostility is just being perpetuated and fueled as we give it into the outlet online. And I see what so many people are saying, these negative things and this end of the world mentality. And there's just this negative. We've got to engage into spiritual disciplines and engage in physical disciplines and physical activities. Taking care of our bodies, our temples, taking care of the dwelling place of the spirit taking care of our prayer life, our worship life, studying the Bible, getting back to confession, giving, caring for the least and lost of these. We need to get out of ourselves and care for others, not just in the month of December. 
You know, I loved hearing all the incredible stories of the Sparkle Box, so much so that I'm going to share a little bit from the Sparkle Box today. Is that good for you guys? Please, please don't. don't. <laughs> the Sparkle Box was awesome, right? Great. And, that, and it taught us. Here's the deal. There are strong emotional and physical and psychological and physiological benefits to giving of yourself, giving to others. But that's not a December thing. That's a year-round thing. That's an everyday 365 thing. Let's not let the benevolent heart stop beating in December. So find a place to serve, to give, to, to get into your community and make a difference. We cannot sit and soak any longer. Now, I know I've been in that season where, where you, you feel like you got the wind knocked out of you and then you're like, man, i got to sit for a minute. That's great for a minute, and then it's time to get back in the game. 2021, it's time for us to get back in the game across the board. Psalm 103 says this, it empowers our hearts. This is a great reminder from King David. Psalm 103 uh, verse 1 says, let all that I am praise the Lord. Let all that I am. I want that to be able to be put on my tombstone, all that I am. Praise the Lord with my whole heart, not part of it, not, not just a, a tiny portion that I, I show on Sunday. Like all my heart, my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. He says it again. Pay attention when a king says something twice. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Oh, he forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. We pray for that, for that healing, for that forgiveness. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Some of us need to stand tall and walk knowing that we have a crown placed on our head. To hold our heads high knowing that we are children of a king. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. Some of y'all want that, right? You want that youth to be renewed like the eagles. And some of y'all are like, I haven't felt youthful in decades, right? Let me say this to you maybe who are, like last service, honey, uh, I got up from this and my hip just popped. It was so loud. It was like, <laughs> so I feel some of the elder crowd. If this is you, 65 and older, let me speak to you because we are a multi-generational church. 65 and older, your work is not done yet, period. We need your wisdom, your guidance, your support now than ever. I know that some of you may, like, you know, Sundays aren't the same as they used to be. And, uh, and sometimes you come in on Sunday and you may think the music is too loud or his preaching's too long or, or, or the jeans are too skinny. or You know, like, and, 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 but listen, if you remember... Not that long ago, when you started to come to Whitewater and you caught fire here, it was never about your preferences that God used to get a hold of your heart. It was Whitewater's passion and fire to reach the lost. That's why you said, hey, hey, Jesus is doing something here. I want to be a part of that. Listen, now more than ever in 2021, that passion and fire to reach the lost has never burned hotter and brighter. Has never burned hotter and brighter. And so for those of you who are in that season of 65 and older saying, oh, I don't know. Like, trust me, now is your time to lean in because we're boldly going after the lost. And we need your support and your wisdom and guidance. It's never been about preference. 
It's been about the great commission to go after the one. One of our older members said this recently. Uh, they sent it to, to David and I. said, as long as you're reaching lost people and preaching the Bible, I'm good. We're reaching lost people and preaching the Bible. And so I want to just challenge you right there that don't just sit on the I'm good. I don't want to find, I love this and I know the heart behind this. I don't want to find a restful place to sit and worship. That's a great starting point. But that's a launch pad to go and make. Not to sit and rest. To go to reach lost people, to make disciples, to go and make. And so all of us, not just the 65 and older, let us lean into that passion and fire to reach the lost and give us your wisdom and support. I had to stand up. That was good, John. I had to go. Go, man. Be you. Woo! Be you. He he said it. Y'all heard it. He said, be you. James, he heard it. You're my witness. Be the best you you can be. I'm living my best life. Can You're I get the, the fire back up? I need to live my <clears throat> best life. You know, 2020 has been quite a year. I mean, I've been doing, I started preaching in my home church when I was in the ninth grade. I have seen it all. At least I thought I had until this year. <laughs> but the coronavirus has indeed created the single greatest disruption in American society and church in our lifetime. You realize like my grandkids, some of y'all's grandkids, they will remember this like another generation remembered the Great Depression. It's the Great Pandemic. They say, I grew up in the Great Pandemic. I did that with, in the Great Pandemic. That's how they'll remember it. It has been a disruptor of cataclysmic proportion. Overnight, we had a wonderful $25 million building. Everything humming. Great services. We had just went over 200 baptisms, not even March yet. It was going to be an awesome year up and to the right. And then COVID came. And overnight, we had to pivot to who we really are as a church. Because we're not just Sunday morning service building centric disciples. We had to do something else. Oh, it's been, uh, what, what a year. We lost some things. We lost some people. But, you know, I was thinking about that too. Something's never lost when you know where it is. Yep. Amen. I know where some of the people are. They're celebrating. They're, they, they feel sorry for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they got another year down there, 2021. <laughs> Come and join me. But it has been a disruptor. And even though it's been some down, I'm telling you, comebacks come from setbacks. 2020 taught us some things that we will now learn and seize as opportunities heading into 2021. And so we've created some sub-goals, lots of sub-goals for 2021, but we created four in particular. I can boil it down to four for you in 2021 that we're going to do as a church. We call them the big four. And it spells out golf. No, it's not like golf, although we probably should. Anyway, all things have four in golf. This is the big four. Number one, we'll talk about this all year. You'll hear about it more. It kind of goes with what John talked about first. Number one, we will. Not we're hope to, not we plan to. We will reach new people and spread the good news in person and online. In person and online. Why do we say both? Because that's what we have to do right now. We've never been smaller as a church, but we've never been bigger as a church. 
It's the most dynamic. Smaller in person. Although it may be stronger, we're strong, smaller, we're stronger than we were for a variety of reasons. But we're going to reach lost people here. That's the mission of the church, to help people find help, hope, and a home in Jesus Christ. That's who we are. What put us on the map here, as John referenced earlier, what made us churn is the passion to reach lost people. Those of you watching online don't have a relationship with Jesus, we're for you. That is the one, the one that's lost. It's the one up in heaven, but it's the one that's lost. Can I just say this to you? The natural gravitational pull of a church, even in 2020, 2021, the natural gravitational pull of a church is insider-focused. Yep. Members' preferences, members' needs, me, my needs, my wants, my desires. We're for the one, but guess what? The one's not you. <laughs> oh, you're already in the category of the already found. We're after the non-convinced. That's some of our friends. And thank God we were that, or some of you wouldn't have been here. Yep. So especially this is important for those of you who come from a non-practicing Catholic background. That is the tribe that we come from. That's the fish that we fish for. Non-Catholic people don't always understand non-practicing Catholic people. <laughs> we have always been, Whitewater has always been, uh, 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 in our services, our approach, uh, this simple, easy step away from Catholicism. I didn't know that when I showed up here 18 years ago. I didn't have any Catholic friends. There might have been a little Catholic church down the street from here. We were all Protestant all the time. When I moved to Cincinnati, I met so many Catholic people. I went out and bought the little red and black book, Catholicism for Dummies, because that's who I was. But that's about, a, uh, it used to be about 80% of our church. In fact, let me just do a little test here. Online, it's be harder for you. You can still raise your hand. In this room, how many of y'all come from a Catholic, wonderful foundation of, uh, the, of Catholicism, taught you a lot? How many came from that's your root? Yeah. At one time, it was probably 75, 80%. The only people who were Catholic were transplants. I didn't know anything about Catholicism. I thought a Hail Mary was what the Bengals ran every week. I mean, that's, that's all I, that's, that's pretty good. That's anyway, good. yeah, that's Twice. pretty good. That's pretty good. But what got us to where we are is what will get us to where we're going. Because right now what people need is hope. Yeah. Coming out of the inevitable downturn, the Christmas doldrums, yeah. Where people are getting the credit card bills, COVID's coming, it's cold, the Cincinnati sports stinks. It is a miserable time. What people need is hope. That's what our, we're in the hope business, friend. Yep. What hope do you have if this world is all there is? And we got the answer. It's found in a person named Jesus Christ. So we found hope. Let's give hope. In fact, you'll see us roll out a new website. I found hope in January. Because we think that's what people need. Last year, our goal was 365 baptisms. We were a little over 200, so which I thought was pretty good for COVID. It's like dog year baptisms. I mean, you have that many. So we didn't quite hit our mark. So we're, we're, we're now going with that again this year. 365 baptisms. That's our goal again this year. We started first Sunday with one. Start, and this, we started today, one. Did you see that? Brooke came. And she was in the first service. First service. And she was convicted. She said, I want, I've been putting this off. I need to come. I'm here. My mom, Bridget, is not here, but she's watching online. Bridget, how about your girl? Isn't hey, that Bridget. great? Yeah. Hey. And so Jeannie turned it up. That was a new issue. I just issued a new edict 
a new idea that I just made up on the spot last week and we're already doing it. Because I'm still a senior minister. I could do stuff like that. Anyway, <laughs> I, said, I said to John, you know what would be cool this year when we're going after this 365? Instead of just applauding for the baptism, which we've done, let's take that number, which was zero, and the family's usually always sitting over there. Let's have them go up kind of like a sanctified, you know, uh, Vanna White. Uh, and, and on, on, you know, Wheel of Fortune, let's have them go up when they come out of the water and put the new number up there. Won't that be cool? And they can participate. And that's what we did. So one, one, Who's so two? maybe there's somebody that's two like today, like right after here, like what a way to start the new year. Friend, that is what this church is about. When we lose our focus on lost people, we grumble, we moan, we complain, we become the church that nobody wants to come to. But when our eyes are on the last, the least, the lost, the leaving the 99, going after the one, friend, there's nothing like the church when it's working right. And it works right when we go after the one. So yep. big number one, big four, we will reach new people. We'll spread the good news of hope in person and online. That's not going to change. Yep. You say it all the time. When we lose our why, we lose our lose way. Lose our way. Absolutely. Simple as that. Number two. We're going to create a movement. Everybody say movement. Movement. Of missionaries. Did you know you're a missionary? You are a missionary cleverly disguised as whatever your occupation is. A student. A banker. A businesswoman. A teacher. You are a missionary. So we will create a movement, not a location, not an address, not a building, a movement of missionaries. And we will be launching four new movement leaders looking for specifically four strategic locations throughout the tri-state area that we will send out leaders and to advance that movement to make it really hard. I'm just going to say it. To make it hard to go to hell in Ohio. That's right. That's right. Yep. Like, if you were here, we commissioned the Briscoe family to go to reach Muslims in the Middle East. And that's incredible. That is awesome. There is huge need all over the world. There is also huge need right in our backyard. Mm. And we need missionaries that we will send out throughout the tri-state area. And so that will be just, just our way of continuing to lean into things we've already talked about for years. For my street. For the one that we've always been on mission, whether it was online or on campus, we're still on mission. All those things, it's, it's all an overflow of being a movement of missionaries to invite people in to a relationship with Jesus, not a religion, but a relationship with Jesus and themselves. We're to do life together, to be on mission together, inviting them into a lifestyle of being on mission for the one. Love that. The big number two, reaching new people, reaching lost people, creating this movement of missionaries by launching people, not to an address, John, John that's gold, but to a person and to people yeah. out there. We're not just gathering anymore, we're scattering. Number three, that leads us to number three of the big three, we will repurpose our wonderful facility here. Think about the facility, 20 Five twenty-six million dollar complex God has blessed us with, but you know what? We don't worship the building, friend. Amen. We worship the one who came, Jesus, to die on the cross. The building is just a tool. It's always just been a tool. But think about how we've been blessed with a twenty-five, twenty-six million dollar complex. That's a tool. We want to think about how to repurpose this wonderful facility to become a beacon of hope to the tri-state area. 
Thank God when everything else shut down, our life center did not. It was the face, the face of our church, of hands and feet of Jesus. That's continuing. But let, think about this. What would it look like if we viewed our whole campus, our whole facility, as a life center of hope? Not just the square footage on that end of the building, which does so much good. But think about repurposing, at least for 2021, all this wonderful stuff God, space God's given us, this sacred space. What would it look like to re engineer, rethink, recalibrate that. So we have a think tag team. Jody Bergen is the champion of this one. We'll be, I, ca I can't wait. I've already heard ideas churning there about what we could do here that we've never done before. 2020 and 2021 has offered us that opportunity. Yep. See, I believe the highest and best use of this building is not just what we do on an hour on Sunday. The highest and best use of this building is fueling, supporting, and empowering what God is doing outside the building. That's the goal. Yeah. So that's big goal number three. This whole facility, this whole campus, 74 acres, life center of hope. Number four, we will transform the church into a spiritual leadership and development engine. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Yep. You know just as well as I, nobody wants to follow a bad leader right? Some of us have had bad managers, bad leaders. It's miserable. I'm blessed with a great leader, and I'm not just saying that. Kelly knows that. She, she can fact check me. I'm blessed with a great leader in you. Thank you. And I didn't say that last service. You guys got the good stuff. <laughs> My Christmas bonus came to you too, huh? Ayo. <laughs> so we want to make sure that everyone not just me. David's had great leaders in his life. That everyone, we're creating just a platform that we can send you out as great leaders back to your networks and neighborhoods, wherever you have a sphere of influence, that you're leading with spiritual authority, that you truly are, are a leader of leaders, a disciple of disciples. We want to create that and let that be one of our four to really lean into that, to say, hey, we will make strong, impactful leaders that will transform this tri-state area in the name of Jesus. So those are our four. Those are good ones. Going after the lost on campus and online, creating a movement of missionaries, repurposing this incredible facility, and creating that leadership in, of spiritual development engine right here. All of this for the one. For the one. We cannot, we have to go back to being courageous right, to not being afraid, to have that spirit of timidity that kind of lingered in 2020. Like, is it okay to do this? Should we do this? Can we do this? We, we have to just really leave that in 2020. Hmm. Go back to being courageous to continue to take risks for the one. So many of you are here that know Jesus. Your eternity is set because people were fearless and were taking risks for the sake of the gospel. We can't be so afraid of doing something wrong that we forget to do something right. I get that. We don't want to be so consumed yeah. Yeah. on what we can't do that we lose focus on what we can do. As David says to the staff so often, and I love it because it's true, no risk it, no, no biscuit. biscuit. <laughs> I, I like biscuits. And I like biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Don't I, Lori? <laughs> 
No risk it, no biscuit. Listen, we, we've talked about a lot of things, and some of you may be trying to read between the lines. What are they not saying? We're not blowing anything up, okay? We're not blowing things up. We are building on the incredible, strong foundation that is right here and has been for so many years. Think of 2021 as this, as we went away for a weekend to kind of just really pray and seek God's wisdom and discernment for this next year. David and I really felt like this coming year was going to be a year of going back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics. To help us do that, all of, all of this year, we're going to land and all of our teaching is going to come from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. For the entire year. And some of you are like, you thought the sparkle box was long. <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount Three for, chapters. for an entire yeah. year. Because here's the deal. Every problem that you and I face, every situation that we're wrestling with, I'm telling you, Jesus mentions it. He addresses it in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And what a way to prepare ourselves to be great missionaries by saddling up next to Jesus and, and soaking in his word to equip us to be incredible disciple makers and missionaries for the kingdom. We're starting off next Sunday. You lead off the first series. I'll be ready. Our first series uh, talking about being stronger salt and brighter light. It's called Brighten with Flavor. Brighten with flavor. Look at that. We're that. cooking up some flavor. We're, We're going to cook up some yeah. things right there. Brighten with Flavor starting next Sunday. Can't wait. So if you are a leader... If you are an attender here, it's time to step up, friend. It's time to step up. Some of you are exceptional leaders out there in the marketplace and in the world. I'm asking you to use your leadership for disciples, not just dollars. I'm asking you as a member to say, you know what? Jesus is important to me. And this is the year when Jesus is going to be the king and lord and leader of my life. You're just because dropping stuff right that's, now, man. That's, that, you like woo, that? So Stepping on toes. Yeah, yeah my own. <laughs> We're going back to the basics because here's why. You can't go wrong with Jesus. Yep. Everything's better. My buddy Jerry Francis, would, I would say, everything's better with Jesus. I've been following and watching people all my life, 59, getting ready to be 60 not in this new year in July. I've been watching people try to find happiness, success. Here's what I found out. Even if there were no hell and there were no heaven and this Bible's not true and Jesus is a fable, even if all that's true, following Jesus is the best way to live on this life, in this life, in this world. Even if none of that's true, and I believe it is, that's my hope. Even if it weren't true, Jesus is the best way to go. So Jesus, we can't go wrong with Jesus. So we're going to study his sermon. John and I have some, eh, our sermons, are, eh, it's okay. Okay, Jesus' sermon, pretty good. Jesus is the great equalizer. Jesus is the great multiplier. Jesus is the great divider. Yep. I have a missionary friend, Jay Henry, who has been a hero of mine forever in India. By the way, getting shot at him and his family by radical Muslims. I mean, John and I took some shots this year. Nothing like Jay Henry. Jay sent me his year-ending newsletter, and one of the poets on his team said this, as our time is divided into two parts, before the birth of Jesus and after the birth of Jesus, and that is true, by the way, B.C. and A.D., every time you write a check, even if you don't believe in Jesus, every time you write a check, you're just kind of acknowledging he stands in history, Jesus. Our time is divided before the birth of Jesus and after. 
my life also is divided into two parts, before I met you and after I met you. Friend, my life has been radically redirected because of Jesus. Some of yours was too. Because Jesus stands in the middle of our timeline and our story. He stands in the middle of our misery. He stands in the middle and between us and our destiny, between 20 and 21. So the question that I want you to pose to yourself today is this, as we begin this brand new slate, what I've written, I've written, but I want to talk to you about what you will write. And it all comes down to answering this question. What side of Jesus are you standing on today? Are you doing life with him or without him? It, it, the whole world, the whole, your whole world will change based on that. And I have this coming realization that it's not going to be long before Jesus is going to come again. I think COVID is just the birth pains, the groaning of a world that's helplessly lost hope and focus. And it's our chance to get it back. The Bible says that the devil knows that his time is short. Yeah. And if he knows it, you know Jesus knows it. Who will we reach? How will we reach those? Because you're not meant to go to heaven alone. Yeah. We're meant to go in community. If there's a word that I could use to describe what 2020 was for me, John, our staff, our leaders, and our church, it is this word, resiliency. Resiliency. We pivoted, we pivoted, we pivoted. We just kept going, we kept going. Here's what I know. <laughs> Here's what I know. I've not been the smartest guy in the world. I haven't been the most talented guy in the world. Here's what I won't do. I won't quit. Yep. I didn't get to where I was by quitting. Yep. You didn't get to where you're going to be by quitting. Yep. There's two words that are not in John and I's dictionary. Quit and compromise. Yep. They both start with K, so it's easy to remember. Uh, he and I... <laughs> I made that up. Anyway, <laughs> I just think that 2021 is going to be the greatest year in our church's history, and we're over 100 years old because of all the opportunities. God has put, when the fullness of time came, Jesus came. And when the fullness of COVID has come, God sent us. Friend, you watching online, you in this room, this is the group of leaders. Yeah. This is the group of Jesus-following disciples that will help rebuild the church in America starting in Cincinnati. Yeah. I, that's the vision I want you to have. You have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but you're going to have to pay the price. There is no crown without a cross. Yeah. I have a pastor friend named Cam Huxford. He's the minister of Compassion Christian Church. Isn't that a great name? Compassion Christian Church in Savannah, Georgia. Wouldn't I love to be down in Savannah? today. They were doing an interview with him, and he said recently that in this COVID situation, someone asked, a reporter asked him a question. Here's what he said. COVID has now actually energized me and not drained me. When asked to explain, he said, all my life, I felt guilty when learning of Christian leaders and missionaries in other parts of the world enduring hardship and suffering persecution, like my friend Jay. I have been, he writes, so pampered and spoiled. Now it's my turn. Thankfully, I won't have to show up now in heaven like a trust fund baby who served in the most comfortable country, in the most comfortable church, in the most comfortable time in history. I may actually have some wounds and scars when I stand before the Lord. You know what? I think when we get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, show me your scars. Don't show me your stars. 
Show me your scars. Do you bear on your body, as Paul said, the marks of Christ? What I have written, I have written. We can't go back. But that's not the question now, what you've written. The question is, what will you write? And as we, thank God, put 2020 in the rearview mirror of our life, (laughs) this can never be more true. Hindsight is 2020. That can never feel (laughs) truer than it is right now. But as we embrace 2021, I want to remind you that the words that we live under fail in comparison to the word that we stand on. The words that we live under, that we allowed others to name above us or really below us, fail in comparison to the word that we stand on. All sorts of words got shared about your life and mine. Some were good, some were bad, some were helpful, some don't last, like Stupid resolutions, some fade, but some are beneficial not just for a new year, but an entire life. If we build on the true foundation of Jesus' words, which is in the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to build ourselves on the rock. I'm asking you to build yourself on a person named Jesus. He'll never let you down. No matter what happened last year, this is your year to be the Christ follower you always knew you could be. And should be. All because we follow the one with the nail-scarred hands who endured the greatest pandemic ever of sin. And we're going to follow him more fully and freely. And we're inviting you on that journey. Wow. Wow. Amen.